calling on Putin. And now it's time for Terror Shut up and sit down. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. And I'm your host, Justin Time. Uh, we're going to be interviewing our buddy again today from last week. Uh, we've been getting a lot, a lot going on with this interview. Uh, long story short, Jesse and I, we interviewed our uh, our friend and compatriot here. Um, do you want to go by your nickname or your actual name? Because we gave your actual name last week. Yeah, we're so. going with Herbert Eric Steve. Okay. All right. So, Eric. Yeah. So me and Jesse are sitting here, you know, we've been talking with uh, Eric, you know, as soon as we came into the station, actually getting ready to come on the uh, on the air to do our show. Now, this gentleman has been through a lot. And by a lot, it's conspiratorial a lot. Bro, you're just jumping right on into it, aren't you? No housekeeping or nothing. Let's Man, go. I, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to roll this one. And the reason for being is because... Why this... don't we just say hi to our guest first? Please? Okay. Hi, Eric. How are you? Outstanding. <laughs> Being followed by any dark vehicles, blacked-out helicopters, anything? Okay. I do. I, I kind of figured he would after our interview last week. I've been week, kind of sketched out a little bit, to be honest. Like I've every time I've seen, I'm noticing every helicopter now. We were talking to like before the show about noticing things. I've noticed every freaking helicopter in the sky. The okay, I gotta ask you a question. Guard, I gotta ask you a question. What? On the way here, the traffic was blocked and all that. Did you almost feel like it was a setup to keep us yeah. from getting to the yeah, studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had the same thing I had. Okay, long story short, our studio is over in Bradenton, Florida, and uh, we're not too far off from, like, you know, like the Manti River, stuff like that, you know, going out towards the beach. Uh, out yeah, to, like, so he tells Island. us where he, – so he tells everybody where we are. <laughs> yeah, bring it. <laughs> but the, the, thing, the thing that happened was that they have a boat race going on this weekend. And, of course, you know, me and Jesse were unaware of it. We were hitting the bridge. And, and everywhere you went, it was just blocked, the traffic. Right, right. And, honestly, I got to admit, that actually popped in my head. Yeah, like, I, I, got, I got vibes, bro. I yeah. got vibes. Well, you want to hear something funny? Yes, sir. In the beginning of this thing, it's like uh, they doxed me. Right. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know what that means is on Google, they actually put my name. They put a picture of me and they put a map to my front door. Okay, now I'm the guy that helped everybody, you know, so their mom can figure out how to drive, you know, to her sewing class. Right. So I think I'm kind of like the last guy anybody would want to hit. But anyway, it didn't seem to work out. You ready for this? So about four months later. Uh, they take my photo down. And what they do is on Google, they literally do some truth and some half-truth. So it's whereas if you would Google me, when they had my picture up, it would say, Herbert Eric Stevens, 61 years of age, lives in New Egypt, New Jersey. Here's his address, 16 Lakewood Road, mm -hmm. New Egypt. Like, right? Yeah, go by and you know take them out for us, right? So then four months later, they pull the picture down. You ready for this? And here's what they put up. Herbert Eric Stevens, 61 years of age, New Egypt, New Jersey, member of the Republican Party, president of Beaver Insurance Company, son name X, daughter name X, ethnicity Caucasian. Really? Oh, yeah. That's the oh, opposite yeah. of what you are. Oh, yeah. Well, as I said in the last interview, I'm 32 years old. At the time, I'm a black man. Well, I haven't changed at age 61. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think really age changes your race. Not at all. No, no yeah. fertilizer going I mean, on. Now, yes, right? No bleaching. Now, you'll get a little bit of yeah. gray hair. Yeah. I mean, you get the gray that comes in. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Now, but yeah. yeah. I don't think it really changes that. Well, yeah. what it was was they wanted to then, since the book had gotten out, they then wanted to start distorting it so whereas... You know, when this finally does get into the mainstream, well, it's like, well, who is this guy claiming? I mean, is he the really? Well, according to, you know, Google, it's like the guy's supposed to be. So who is this guy? But the problem is, is in the book is my birth certificate. Yeah. 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 Well, look, all these, all a lot of Silicon Valley and like social media giants have become masters of misinformation. So much so that they'll take, there was a fact check on, um, because Biden had put out this thing to help minority groups, blah, blah, blah. 
but it was a safe drug package, mm. and they have crack pipes in them. Right. The fact check was, no, they don't just have crack pipes. They have meth pipes, so partly <laughs> false. Like, they had become <laughs> masters of this. 50 Yeah. And then dude comes out, there's not crack pipes. In the, no, there's, okay, then there's just meth pipes, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, you're literally giving drugs to minority communities. Right. That was what the thing was about. Right. You can't say it's partly false because Dude, this of, is what, like, the freaking CIA did back in the 80s in order yeah. to hold down the well, African-American I mean, community. If you, if you think about it, Goodness. it's the same yeah. people that were responsible for that doing this now. I because could, back in the I day. I could do two hours on that one. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We may have you back. Dude, we're probably going to have you back on again. Oh, we I'm like sure. talking to you. You're yeah. fun to talk to. Yeah. You're very articulate. And you got a, a memory like knowledge. a steel trap, dude. This well, dude. Yeah. So let me put this in perspective. The last interview, this dude was spitting out dates and names and places and all kinds of stuff like that. No cheat sheet. All from his brain. I went back and listened to his other interview. And this fool said the same da- – not fool, not yeah. call you a fool, but yeah, this yeah. dude said the same daggum names, dates, places, same before, without a cheat sheet. All this right. guy knows the stuff. And yeah. I want to throw this out there real quick. For those of you who did not catch our interview last week you know, with Eric, um, you're going to have to go to Spotify, Pandora, you know, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcast, we're on Facebook. Yep, face- uh, just put in Paraprobe. All right, it's P-A-R-A-P-R-O-B-E, paraprobe, one word. Go to our show, check out that, that link for, for that last uh, the last Saturday when we did the show, and you can catch up to what's going on. But to get the rundown in a very, very, very paraphrased in a short term, everybody knows that GPS originally was started and you know being formed and built back in the 70s. However... Eric is the one who came up with the whole concept of putting it into a map form, putting it into vehicles, point just like you have. Point two point navigation yes. for civilians. Right, right. Yes, just like we have today. Through a turn of events, dealing with one, Senator Rockefeller, mm-hmm. dealing with Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. Garmin, mm-hmm. and a host of others, this whole thing has been snatched, taken away from him, and now we find out today, which you guys are going to be blown away about, he's all of a sudden... You know what? I'm not going to give it away. No. We're going we're gonna to no. let you know. Let, let's yeah. explain how it happened. Okay. Yes. All right. So the last time we spoke to you, right. uh, we just got into the part where a, a Mr. Uh, – I don't want to say his name. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. I will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was involved in this. So let's take it from there, and then we'll move on a little bit later about what we found out with you this afternoon about your book. Okay. Well, okay. see, the, uh, the, you know, where we left off, we were having to, like, rush because we were at the end of the show. Yeah. Okay. So, let me go back into the book, all right? So, anyway, um, I write the and book. And put the title out there of your book, too. Ah, yes. yes. Literary Documentation. I created that. Uh, book one, Stuck on the Outside, My Personal Quest to Become an Integral Part of the American Dream by Herbert Eric Stevens. Released on Amazon and Barnes & Noble on the 22nd of March in the year 2018. It's been out there for 46 months now. Okay, now this is pretty interesting here. Uh, who's the? What's the name of that lady who wrote the Harry Potter books? Uh, R.K. R.K. J.K. J.K. Rollins, right? Okay. Words, so, numbers. So no, not R. Kelly. J.K. Right, Rollins. Right. So we we know that she. <laughs> but we I know she literally. Um, nope. No, I was going to say we know that she literally made she made a, a truckload, right? She's mm-hmm. gazillionaire, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But her average book price was about twenty four dollars. Okay, if I if I'm re- if I recollect that correctly, okay. Roundabout. And so Here. she was probably making somewhere in the area of about eight to ten dollars a book, maybe. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. When I priced this book, I knew what I had. I knew people would pay to literally uh, see these documents. Okay. Yep. So I priced the the ebook in Nook and Kindle at forty four ninety five. Wait, and just real quick, and to make clear to our listening audience, the book he's referring to is the book that actually explains in detail how all this happened. Correct. All right, it's good. Okay. All right. So um, I then put it out in paperback 
black and white version where all the documents and the photos and everything mm-hmm. are in black and white. They call that grayscale at $69.24. I then put it out in color version of paperback at eighty-eight fifty-four. So that way when people would look at the documents, they would be the original size or as close to it as, as the measurements would allow mm-hmm. in the book. And people would be literally able to see the letters and the documents in their true form, same color that they were in 1989 and forward, right? Okay. And so then when I went over to Barnes & Noble, I told you last week about putting it in hardcover and at 205.43. Uh, now, so the agreements say that I get a minimum, okay, a minimum of 35%. So on the 44.95, I make roughly about $15 a book to okay. JK's 8, okay? Right. On the black and white, I make 24 Mm-hmm. On the color version, I make 30 and on the hardcover, I make $75 a book, okay? Mm-hmm. The book has been out there for 46 months. Now, this is really critical. It is what's called a print-on-demand book. So that means somebody out there in America pays their credit card through the portal at Amazon and they order the book. Mm-hmm. Amazon then has to order the book from a printer. Or they print it themselves, right? Yeah. You got to let the ink dry. Then they've got to like put the, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? The barcodes on it and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then they got to, uh, you know, package it and ship it to you. And you get the book about seven days, right? Yep. Oh no, I've literally seen where Amazon has had my book anywhere in the United States available same day within six hours. Okay, it's in every warehouse that Amazon has on the face of the earth. And here's an interesting one for you. If you want to go online and look at Amazon India, they're selling the book over there for thirty seven thousand nine hundred rubles. You know what that is in U.S. dollars? Five hundred and eight dollars a copy. Jesus. Uh, Now, my question is, if all these books are being sold, even just one, just just for argument's sake, even one. Right. Have you seen a dime from anybody? About this book. I got uh, a grand total of about $99 from Amazon and about $360 from Barnes & Noble. Okay? Okay. Now, here's what's most interesting. Over at Barnes & Noble, one night I'm sitting there and I said, you know, let me just take a look at this thing and uh, see what the book's doing over at Barnes & Noble, right? Yeah. So I click on it and all of a sudden... This thing pops up, and it's got all these little green tabs, and it's showing every category that the book is being supplied to colleges and universities. I look at the barcode and come to find out that here's one copy of the book that they printed, okay, and they printed 365 of them in the same run. My take on that one order was over $11,000, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just one. And that was in May of 2018. Okay, the book, you guys, has sold more than a million copies. All right. I am sitting here today owed more than 100. I'm saying this on air. One hundred million dollars in book royalties between Amazon and Barnes and Noble alike. So that catches us up to where where we were last week. Okay. Yep. So what happened was they decided since the book was ranking so high. Oh, you'll love this over at Barnes and Noble. The first day that the book went up, guess what? It was ranked. Ranked number 99,999,999. In four days, it was ranked at 200,000. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's a sky climb. Oh, oh, you kidding me? Yeah, that's so, a, that's a sky climb for a list that big. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you, and what's interesting if there's a way for people to literally make their computer go backwards two years, you have no idea what this book has changed in the book industry. Yeah. Over at Barnes and Noble, they literally deleted book ranking. They took, is, it, they took it down. And the crazy thing is, too, is since our interview from last week, I mean, like you were going through LinkedIn, you've already got, like, news organizations and stuff wanting to talk to you now about this whole story that we did with you just from last week. They're checking out our interview with you, wanting to know what's going on with this, get more into detail of what we spoke <laughs> about. Interesting. And it's crazy how it's went from nothing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying your story is nothing. I'm talking about, right. like, the, the traction of it right. was like a nothing. Right. To all of a sudden... Boom, within a week. I've been trying to break it for four years, and nobody would talk to me. And I talked to the owner of this station, WWPR 1490 AM, that serves Bradenton, Sarasota, and Tampa Bay. I talked to the owner, Valerie Silver, about two years ago. 
And she's like, uh, I'll call you back. Well, we all know Valerie doesn't always call you right back. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I got in my car and I drove down here and I sat her down and I said, look, I said, I need to have a discussion on air. I said, I, I, it's time to tell the world who I am, what I've been going through for the last four years. I said, but I'm telling you, I said, this involves some of the most powerful people on the face of the earth. And is it going to be okay for me to discuss this with you on air? And she looked at me and she said, Eric, I censor no one, just no profanity. And I said, okay. And she flipped on the mic and started the interview right there. So there was no prep. There's no paperwork. There's mm -hmm. no idea yeah, what she's going to no cover nothing. or whatever. And, and what's interesting, you're listening. And she did a good job. We both, me and Jesse, we phenomenal. both listened to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite something. Yep. But what's interesting is, is uh, I had said to uh, Chance and Jesse here, I said, look, man. You guys need to do your homework, and you need to listen to the interview that I did with Valerie to prepare yourselves, okay? So both of these clowns said, yeah, okay, fine, no problem. So when we come in last week to sit down for the interview, I said, did you guys do your homework? And both of them look at me, and they go like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out better that way. But, but I got to tell you. But I gotta now tell you know why. When we explained why we did oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get it. Yeah, but I mean, even before you explained it, I sat on my side of the table, and here's what was in my head. What was in my head was, here we go again. These guys aren't interested. They want to play gotcha. You know what? S screw it. I don't even need to do the interview. But the voice said, you can't do that. You can't judge. you got to give these guys a shot. They're willing to give you the air time. And you had you fun. you got to trust. You oh, had it, fun. It, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. But, yeah, now, as great. far as gotchas go, I got yeah. I got dumb question. Sure. Because, like, I'm full of them. This sure. is what I do. Sure. Um, did you, like, apply for the whole royalty ebook thing with... Uh, like Kindle and all that, Amazon oh, Kindle? Oh, well, you have to. Okay. Before, yeah, yeah, before you can upload. How does that work? There has to be contracts. Okay, so you remember last week when I said, you know, Lori, Williams, so I know, Barnes yeah. & Noble, you know, uh, and Amazon and Barcode Graphics out of Chicago. Okay, what Barcode Graphics is, is they're like a go-between company. Mm -hmm. What they do is they print books, they sell books, but they also help people get their books ready. They'll edit your books, you know, and all of that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. But what they do is they specialize in uploading books to Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But what happens is when they finally get the edits done and you agree to the edits and what have you, they then send you a contract. And the contract that they send is between you and Amazon, which means that you have 35% royalties, you know, we're going to sell the book, you know, and what have you, and you're going to get your royalty check in the mail. That's how it goes. So then you sign off on the contracts and you have to send the, you have to literally use mail to send back the original contracts, yep. okay, to uh, Barcode Graphics, okay? So this is so funny. This is hilarious. So remember the book comes out, goes up on March 22nd, okay, right. 2018, right? So in May, I call up Lori Williams, and I said, Lori, I said, Amazon is stealing my money. I'm not getting any royalties. And she says, oh, Eric, that's Amazon. They wouldn't do that. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you've got my backdoor information. I said, you go in there and go ahead and see what you see. And she says, okay, fine, Eric. So I hear all of this. <laughs> and all of a sudden I hear, hey, that's not right. They're not supposed to be paying you three cents a book. And I said, hey, hey, calm down. She said, but that's not right. I said, I know that's not right. Three cents I a said, book. It gets better. I said, I know that's not right. Oh, okay? I would have been livid. Oh, I said, I know that's not right, and I know that's not how you set it up. I said, but here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to talk to anybody. I don't want you to tell anyone. I don't want you to do anything. All I want you to do is click out of that. But, but that's not right. I said, I want you to click out of it, and I want you to walk away. Do you understand, Lori? Walk away away and she says okay eric i said okay say goodbye she says okay goodbye i said i want them to continue to keep digging the freaking hole we're gonna let the book continue to sell but you guys have to remember i had gone to linkedin and i had you know 897,000 hits on this thing, man. Yeah. I knew the book was going to sell. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to backtrack for a second yeah. because, like, there's two options on Kindle. Sure. And just to put this in perspective for everybody, mm -hmm. 
there is the kind of like the normal go to 35% royalty route and then there there's go. like a 70% royalty where you have to mark it up way high to like get all yeah, that and then amount, yeah. go through crap with different countries and publish it worldwide. So this guy, not even looking at the computer, he's on the opposite side of the computer, okay. hit the number right on the head and then for three cents oh, yeah. a yeah. book yeah. of just for the ebook, yeah. 44 95 yeah. That is not even close to 35 cents. Well, here's what's interesting. <laughs> not even here's remotely what's, close. Here's not even what's the interesting. So when you go to your dashboard to see how your book is selling, you would see nothing there. It would show every once in a while. It would show like I sold like one book or, or this and that. Yeah, right? Meanwhile, yeah. they're selling the sucker all over the earth. It's in Japan. It's in Amazon Japan. It's in Australia. It's in New Zealand. It's in the whole of Europe. I literally have screenshots. And obviously India. <laughs> hey, man, I got screenshots. There you go. I got screenshots. Should of be the $15 a book. Okay, there you go. I got screenshots where in the whole of Europe, it literally says sold out due to popular demand. But let me drop back to this thing that I see on Barnes & Noble. So there's these little green tabs, and what these green tabs are telling you is just they're telling you every category that the book is available for sale at Barnes & Noble to colleges and universities, okay? Okay. Now, unfortunately, I don't have my phone right here. Can I run next door and grab it real quick because I have go a list, and it. I want you guys to hear this. Go uh-huh. for it because I want to actually bring up something real quick to talk about. Okay. All right. So on with it. Yeah. So here's my thing. You haven't talked at all. Uh, because the story is pretty interesting, man, to say the least. Yeah, all right, so the listening audience out there, once again, uh, basically this book is about how he had been taken advantage of um, all the way back to Senator Rockefeller of, of West Virginia, you know, uh, years ago, you know, back in the 80s, you know, all the way up to, you know, uh, now with, you know, Silicon Valley with Bill Gates and whole nine yards and Garmin and everybody taking this pl- idea that was put together by a colonel from one of the last uh, members of the Tuskegee Airmen, this colonel who had helped actually, uh, you know, put the actual plan to paper. Did I tell you guys he's a congressional gold medal of honor winner? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, maybe. Yeah, so. No, no, no. I think you, I don't know. I listened to both our yeah. interview and your interview, so they're all mixed up in my head. Okay. But long story short, you know, that he wound up writing a book about this. And now, not only did that happen. And get that, basically, that whole thing taken away from him. But now also, too, it's now with the book deals and everything else, dealing with Amazon, you know, and a host of others. They're not the only one that has been basically screwing him. And now this is his story, all right? Jesse and I agreed from the beginning, just like when we, you know, spoke with Eric about this whole interview, that this is his story. We're, We're not taking sides on this. We're not going to say this is true. We're not going to say that it's a lie. We're going with what we're being told. We're just listening. But This is what we do. But everything that we keep seeing, he keeps throwing fact out. <laughs> he keeps throwing out, you know, some proof. Here yeah, every, everything stuff. I've tried to fact yes. check on him, not not playing I gotcha, but just mm-hmm. – I, I, Well <laughs> – well, we went over enough in the last interview. Yeah. Well, Jesse well, and I, I know we, your guys' gotcha days are gone. Yeah, because Jesse and I, we <laughs> yeah. have to do that. And I'll, yeah. give, I'll give an example. Yeah. Years ago, I used to have a different radio show. Right. All right. On that radio show, I was interviewing this lady who wrote a book about the Crystal Skulls, okay, because okay? I've always done, like, paranormal and conspiracy-type, you right. know, shows, right. right? So this lady wrote a book on this, and she claimed to have actually done, you know, the actual, in the Amazons and the whole nine yards, hunting the skulls down and everything else. Going to find out all of it was a lie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mentioned the fact that half the book she plagiarized from someone else. Right. And which I knew all this information before I ever even interviewed her when right. she requested to come on my show. Right. I let her go through about half the interview before I finally started going, well, what about this? And I started bringing up about parts about from the other <laughs> right. book, the lawsuit, everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, if, if I'm going to get you, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to get you. You know, this, well, this the thing. Is, there here's, is no get you. Well, here's there the is thing. none. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing, guys. I mean, I'm putting their names out. You know, I'm saying Rockefeller. I'm saying Lane Bailey. I'm saying yeah. Bill Gates. I'm saying Jeff Bezos. And I haven't been sued yet in four years. Yeah. I put a book out, and not one person that I've said anything about in any book has 
wanted to file suit. I've been trying to get into the courts any way I can, right? Yeah. But listen to this. We had that discussion. Yeah, but yeah. listen to this. So you see the banner there, the blue one. That tells you that it's Barnes & Noble. You see the 8854, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one night, I'm sitting there, and I said, man, I wonder what the book is doing. I said, you know, let me click on it. So I click on it, and this pops up. And I literally said, man, I better screen shoot this crap because I guarantee you somebody made a mistake and let this get through. They did, they never wanted anybody to see this. I guarantee you by tomorrow morning this will be gone if I don't screen shoot it right now. So here's uh, – and, and if you think about when you go to a college or a university and you've got a book, mm-hmm. uh, whatever kind of book they tell you to read, whether it's a textbook or a regular book or whatever, you can usually use it for one class, maybe two, right? You ready for this? Here's what Barnes & Noble is providing the book in. These are the categories. First one's administrative law and regulatory practice. Then we got business biography specific individuals, civil servant biographies. I love this here, college and university faculty biographies. So you guys see that? You see that page, right? Watch this. You see that page? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let me read a couple more. Okay, the next thing that they're selling it in is under database administration and management. They're selling it as database software category. Uh, Let's see here. Economics and finance, uh, education, political aspects, economic and finance. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Government fiscal. I'm sorry. Government finances and fiscal policies. uh, Historical biography reference. Here's my all time favorite. Legal theory and philosophy, general and miscellaneous. But hold on, we're not done. Okay. <laughs> what so we, in the world? Okay, okay. So for you the you listening audience right now, are you guys catching on? That they're factoring this book into categories that nobody would ever look for it in. That's that's, that's to put it in a very simple term. Well, because what your book really is about, which we've already discussed, we're not going to be a dead horse on that, has nothing to do. With about 90% of those categories. Well, here's the thing, though. And it's stuff that really people aren't. These are categories that is being taught in at colleges and universities. Okay? Mm -hmm. Globally. Because uh, the last couple ones that they have here, like I said, legal theory and philosophy, general and miscellaneous. There's optical communications networks and utility computer applications. 13 categories out of that book. You guys got to understand something, okay? I was a very, very prolific guy. This is why Rockefeller and them knew that they wanted to rip me off, and it was based on things that they had knowledge of that I had done in the 70s and I had done in the 80s. It's an eight-chapter book, okay? The GPS is only one chapter in it. Now, and also too for our listening audience who like you know kind of kind of a catch up from what they may have missed on the last you know interview. How that came about was it was a uh, person and you your wife, right? That was friends with them. And no, know, with, she wasn't friends at all. Her uh, grandfather, her grandfather, used, that's used what it to was. work okay. for Jay Rockefeller when he was yeah. governor of West Virginia. And that's how you got the connection to be able to go speak with him about this because right. you were trying to essentially get funding to really build this program to get this off the ground. Correct. And of course, his right hand man. Right. Wound up snatching the idea from you, taking the whole thing physically. Well, that's. Not, not yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They threatened me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In the middle of the yeah. White House threatening you, you know. Well, yeah. not the White House, but. I in, mean, in, not the White House, in, but. The, in a senator's office. Yeah. Jay Rockefeller's office. Yeah. So uh, that's where I was telling you last week about Lane Bailey saying, you know, whatever you have in that satchel for the senator, you will not leave this building with it. Do you understand me now? Turn it over. Yeah. I did. But fortunately, like I said last week, you know, I had already had a date stamped and timed and, you know, locked down with Mason, Fenwick and Lawrence law firm, you know, for a patent search. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. But what happened is the next morning, all of these categories were gone. Okay, so I then call up. You're going to love this. I then call up Barnes and Noble. I said, hey, where are my royalties? Barnes and Noble has me on the phone for like 30 minutes, uh, this department, that department. Finally, um, uh, when I first made the call, the first thing I said to the lady bef- uh, before anything started, I said, by the way, I said, you guys are going to be recording this, you know, for, uh, 
you know, uh, what do they call it? Quality assurance, right? Yep. And she said, well, yes, we are. Quality said, assurance and training is what they always say. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I said to her, I said, well, that's great. Is it okay if I record it, too? She says, oh, absolutely. Go ahead. I said, great. My name is Herbert Eric Stevens. I'm the author of Literary Documentation Book One, Stuck on the Outside, my personal quest to become an integral part of the American dream. And I'm wondering, where the heck are my book royalties? Okay? Mm-hmm. So halfway through, she comes back after 28 minutes, and she literally says, well, Mr. Stevens, you've only sold three books. And I said, well, that's funny. I said, because Congress passed the law. And the law they passed is if the book has that square barcode on the back, you know, the one that looks like they threw a splat on the wall, yeah. that they have to tell what city it was manufactured in, they have to tell what batch or which printing, it's the same thing, first print, yep. second, how many times that location has printed the book, and they have to tell you the quantity. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's funny. I said, because I'm sitting here holding right now in my hands, I've got one, and it shows that it was printed in Laverne, Tennessee. It's from the 30th batch, and it shows you guys ran off 365 of them. I said, I'm holding another one in here where it shows that it was printed, I said, and it shows that it's from the 18th batch, and you guys printed 176 of those. I said, I've got a third copy of my book here, and the reason I had these copies was, guys, because I always bought a copy of my book when it first came out, and I paid full price because I wanted to see how it would come through the postal service Mm -hmm. and how my customers would receive the book. That's why I tell anybody, if you purchase the book, get the color version in paperback, get the one that's at Barnes & Noble because they use better quality paper than the one over at Amazon. Okay. Okay? All right. So I'm sitting there, and I then say to her, I said, and I've got a third one here where it shows it's from the 24th printing, 24th time, 24th batch, 24th time they printed it, and it's got 323 books. So why on earth would Barnes & Noble print over 700 books if a guy only sold two or three? You know what the lady said to me? Here's what she said. Well, Mr. Stevens, those are the numbers that we have for you, and you, sir, aren't getting another dime. And she slammed the phone down. What? I'll let you guys hear it. I got the recording in my phone right here to this day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what in the world? Right here to this day. Yeah. So what you've got to understand is is uh, what Bill Gates did was he had called up Bezos, and he said, I want the book buried. So the way they decided they would bury the book was to turn up the algorithm to make the book fall, tumble, drop, bottom out, right? Yeah. So remember, or it's put a, it in different um, no, no, genres no, that no, it wouldn't sell. No, in. no, no, no. You got to understand every every genre that I just listed to you. Those aren't designed for the public to not find the book because the book's never been advertised out there. The general public, except your listeners now, don't even know this book exists. Okay, Mm -hmm. those are the categories that Barnes and Noble sold so many of it to colleges and universities where professors were saying, hey, our class wants this book. We can use this as a teaching guide. That's why they're printing them up at 325 of them at a time. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those classes. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'd love, you know. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this thing and I'm like, man, this is really something. Gates has contacted Bezos, okay? Bezos has Amazon turn up the algorithm to make the book fall. So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, how I've already, wait till I tell you how they were stealing the money. I said, uh, okay, I've already figured out that for some reason this book keeps falling. How are they doing it? So I decided I would track it. Right. So the way you track the book is, is you look at where the book is ranked, say, at 10 o'clock at night before you go to bed and say the book's ranked at number 10, 10,000. OK, you get up the next morning, an average book might fall, you know, 100 points or something like that. So if the next morning you got up and it was nine thousand and eight hundred, you'd say, OK, that's probably legitimate because how many books did they say there were? One hundred million books. OK. Barnes and Noble, nine million, um, ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine ninety-nine. Okay, all right. So I look at the book, and the book is ranked. It's the one that's sixty-nine twenty-four. Okay, mm-hmm. the, the grayscale version. It's ranked like four hundred and sixty thousand, right? Like five hundred and twelve, some kind of, you know. Okay, so let's just round it and say flat four hundred thousand, right? All right. I get up the next day, and that sucker's ranked sixty thousand 
it went up overnight, okay, 340,000 slots. I'm like, whoa, somebody must have bought a boatload of books books Mm. there, right? Okay. But the next day, (laughs) it's back to 400,000, okay? Then the next day, it's at 500,000. Then the next day, it's 600,000. So what they're trying to do is is they're trying to squash the book. They're trying to drive the numbers ranking down. So when a a person who doesn't have to have it for a class or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, just wants to read it because it's a biography or a memoir, okay, they look at it, they go, ah, man, this book's ranked like 3 million or whatever. Nobody's probably reading this. It's a bunch of crap. I'll, I'll spend my money on something that ranks higher, right? But a funny thing would happen. Across 35 search engines between Barnes and Noble and Amazon, if you typed in biographies, 100,000 books would load. Okay, mm-hmm. sitting at number one was literary documentation. Book one stuck on the outside. My personal quest to have a you know become an integral part of the American dream. Now, guess who would be number two? Charles Dickens. Number three, <laughs> Jane Austen. Number four, Shakespeare. I mean, I've got, I've literally got screenshots where I'm selling more books than the Bible. True story. Wow. True story. Okay. Uh, now, with this all being said, okay, we already know that a majority of this book, that the way you worded the title really kind of helped you get the book out there selling popular. Cause, okay, let me rephrase this. If you would have came out and said, hey, how GPS got stolen from me. Right. Very obvious. Right. Nobody would buy the book. Right. They'd be like, oh, right. whatever. Right. The way you worded it into the writing for people to really look into this, yeah. it, it's more of like a an American tale kind of story. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the title is. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which was a smart move to do. Thank it's you. be able to sneak it in under the radar, mm-hmm. get people to check it out. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you think that maybe that's what happened was these guys kind of like, oh, crap, the, 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 this book that's selling everywhere? has all this information that we don't want getting out. Well, you got to understand, it's like they, they couldn't turn it off and they couldn't make it stop, okay? Mm-hmm. Remember when I had said to you, uh, you know, in the last interview that the very first thing, as soon as they found out it was up there, they said, hey, man, you can't sell this book in the United States. And I said, oh, so you're going to infringe on my First Amendment rights, right? And I said, okay, Lord, you got this one. And 30 minutes later, they came back and said, okay, you can sell it in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, to Jesse's point earlier when he was talking about, you know, there's a certain thing that you're supposed to have to go through in order to get them to sell it international and what have you. Yeah. I've never signed anything. No. I've never signed anything. And they're selling, no, that, that... Bo- they're selling that book all over the freaking world. That's You're supposed crazy. to have to sign an additional document yeah. in order for them to take the book yep. globally. Outside the United States. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, what you got to understand... at that point in time, there becomes a whole lot of uh, literary Red laws Red that you have tape. to watch out for as well. Because Correct. Because something you write here in the U.S., which is perfectly okay would not be deemed okay like maybe in China. Right. And you could actually wind up into a major law conflict issue at Correct. that point in time because of it. Uh, they're not going to let they will well they might. They might let that book go to China because Chinese and it stuff should like be that, in China. Well, it I mean very well should. But what I'm saying is they like having ammo on Americans. Is all well, I was saying. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Well, you know the largest here's another thing that's in one of my chapters. You remember I was t- you remember last week when I was telling you guys that uh, Chapter 5, you know, has the Clintons in it, you know? Oh, yeah. And, okay, all right. So what's interesting is this in Chapter 5 in this book, I actually show the original copyright. Mm-hmm. Full color, you know, the whole the whole thing, right? So you know how when you copyright something, it's supposed to take them six months because they have to search the globe. Yep. All right? I am telling you guys... I literally am the most prolific mind of the 20th century that nobody knows about until today, okay? Here's what happens. So I write this 24, 25, 26-page document, okay? And what it's in response to are the riots in 93. Remember Rodney King? Rodney King, oh, yeah. So I'm watching Oprah four days after the riot, okay? And I fire off a letter. It goes to Bryant Gumbo. It goes to Oprah Winfrey. And I send it to Ross Perot. I send it to those three. Okay. And she literally said at the end of her show, she says, my gosh, I sure wish somebody could come up with a way to revitalize our city. You know me. I go, heck, I could do that. Right. So I sit down and I do two overnights and I create this 24, 25 page document. I send it to the Library of Congress to get copyright. Okay. Now remember, it takes how long? About six months. About six months. They got yep. to search the globe, right? 
The days back then. Nowadays, a hell of a lot faster. Well, well you yeah. ready for this? You can get a copyright okay. done in about like a week. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. So, in the book, you will see the copyright. The date they got it, same day. Mm-hmm. The date that they filed it, same day. Date they approved it, same day. And I got copyright in one freaking day, and five, six days later, that sucker was on the 6 o'clock news where they had it on the floor of the Senate, and they were literally using the document. So you remember Winston, the computer guy? Yeah. He, I had, I had driven over to his house and I had given him a copy of the document because back then nobody had, you know, computers, but Winston had one. Yeah. I said, Hey man, do me a favor. I said, go ahead and store this in the computer. So, okay, fine. So he calls me up and he says, Hey Eric, man. He says, uh. And, and you, real quick, hold on, real quick sure. and to clarify with our audience. What he's talking about when he did the copyright taking about six months. We're talking decades ago. We're not talking about like last week. Right. right. You know, nowadays, yes, you can get right. a copyright very quick. Right. I don't want somebody who's listening to the show going, Oh my god, you can get a copyright like you know, online and like. Yeah, an this hour. was in like ninety yeah, three. Yeah, not in ninety three, you couldn't. No. Yeah, not yeah. back in ninety three. Yeah. All right, so go ahead. Okay. And then I got another thing to tell you guys about the nineties, right? So he's putting this thing in, he calls me up, he says, Eric, are you got are you are do you have the T V on? I said, No, why? He says, Turn on channel six. They got your document. What the heck are you talking about? I just sent it in five days ago. He says, yeah, well, I'm typing it into the computer right now, and I'm telling you it's your document. I said, you are lying. He said, turn on the news. Turn on the news. They have my document on the floor of the Senate, and they were talking right out of the document. Okay, so this is like six days after I sent it in. So somebody in the copyright office sold it out out, out the back door to the Democrat Party, and they literally have been using that document for more than 27 years. Literally, part of uh, Obamacare came out of that thing. I'm not proud of that part because they distorted it. But here's the big issue. The Clinton administration literally took 11 items roughly out of my document and made them White House executive orders. So in the book, you're going to literally see the document, and then you're going to see the newspaper clippings, okay, uh, discussing this issue, that issue, that issue. And I even have one beautiful one where it's Bill Clinton himself holding an airplane with an inner city kid. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go to Chapter 8 in the book, you guys, uh, I actually was an outside, uh, outside, where, where am I stuck on the outside? Mm-hmm. I actually uh, also uh, published papers. Okay, and the papers that I published, I owned all the intellectual property on them. I also advised the Trump administration and President Trump at the White House for five years. Papers in the book. Wow. Yeah. Um. So if you want to get sketched out, like I said, GPS is one chapter, but I got to tell you this one thing from the 90s. Okay, so let's go back to GPS. Well, well, real quick, the reason why we did this, and and ask Eric, he'll tell you, we did this on purpose. We knew a lot about this that was going on from our conversation. Right. We knew this stretched into other things other than the GPS. We only use the GPS to capture your attention to yeah. our listening audience yeah. to think, oh, here's a guy who got screwed out of a major billion dollar, you know, idea. More than that. That that was that was just to capture your idea. We right. wanted you to pull you along. Right. To listen to everything else that happened with with. All right, we'll check this out. So 1991, you remember Mr. X, who I met with in Arlington, Virginia, at eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning. These papers, put them away. One day you'll one day you may need them. Okay. When when I, okay. So you remember how impressive it was when I told you that I had Googled in 2017 Colonel Broadwater. Mm -hmm. Wait till you friggin' hear who Mr. X was. Okay. I, I got to know because we okay. left, you left us hanging. You Okay, uh, listening audience, he, you're going to find out the same time uh, we find out. And he did that in the first interview, too. He didn't yeah. mention a name. Are you actually going to mention a name or are you just messing with us? Let me tell you what he did. So I'm sitting there, and the phone rings, right? God, and deflection. He, said, he says, is deflection. this? He says, is this? Is this Eric Stevens? I said, yes, it is. He says, well, this is, and he says his name, you know, Mr. X. He says, do you remember me? I said, of course I remember you. How the heck are you doing? He said, fine. He says, but listen, I got to tell you something. He said, I still have your intellectual property sitting here on my desk. Two years. He said, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He says, but I got to tell you something. Bill Gates has your stuff, and he's using it. And I said, well, is there anything 
I can do about it? Is there anything we can do about it? I mean, you're an attorney. He said, well. We're narrowing it down. He's an attorney. He says, well, considering the fact, man, that, uh, you know, he's got over 200 attorneys now and a billion-dollar war chest, he says there's absolutely nothing in 91 here that you can do. He said, I just thought you needed to know. He says, Eric, I don't know how he got it. I don't know how he got it, but he has it, and he's using it. So we hung up, and I thanked him, and, you know, and that was it. So I went to the garage where I had taken the intellectual property because Rockefeller and them gave it back. Now, remember last week he told me to get a short version, so I'm not going to go through how it just sporadically, you know, uh, sporadically showed up at my house, right? Yep. So anyway, so I had picked it up, and I had put it in the garage, and I had left it there for two years. So I then go to the garage, and I pull it down, and I look at it, and I go, man, I ought to send this thing in for copyright because I haven't heard anything. And I go, what's the use? Gates already has it. And I took it and I put it back and I let it sit there until 1994. So in 94, I'm putzing around the house one day. I'm out in the garage and I look up and I see it and I go, you know what? I still haven't heard anything on my technology. What the heck? For kicks and giggles, I'm going to send this thing in for Mm -hmm. copyright. I send it to the Library of Congress and that sucker comes back, date stamped and timed. I got freaking copyright. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So I here it is. I now am the first guy to file application for patent on the thing, and I'm the first guy that has copyright on the thing, mm-hmm. right? So let's go forward to 2014. So 2014 comes up, and I say, you know, I wonder what all my stuff is doing at the Library of Congress these days, you know, and I go in, because I've got like maybe, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 different items that I filed over the years, right? So I call up. The um, Library of Congress and, you know, and the ladies like, you know, well, you know, yeah, you can get copies of your work and this and that and the other. Just do it online. I go, okay, fine. So I hang up. So I send away for seven of my documents. Okay. They send me back a printout and the printout has the, you know, what the document was about, you know, the date, the time, the copyright, everything's right there. Okay. And it's on Library of Congress letterhead. Right. Got it. So when 2017 comes around and I'm writing the book, I say, you know, I really would like to get some fresh things of the copyrights that I have and maybe put them in my book. So I call up the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. So the lady says, well, you know, um, what you have to do is nowadays you have to do it online. She says, and you have to put like the copyright number. You have to put what it's about. And, you know, I said, well, could I come there and view it? Do you have a viewing booth? She said, oh, yeah, you can do it both ways. She said, we can get your work, put it together, have, have you come in, go in a viewing room, and you can see all of your documents. She says, or, you know, we can make copies of them and you can purchase them and we'll tell you. She said, but here's the deal. You can't call anybody. You can't, you know, you can't email nothing. It takes like uh, eight to 12 weeks is what I believe she said. I said eight to 12. She's like, yeah, eight to 12 weeks. I'm like, okay, fine. Right. So I hang up the phone. So I call one of my sisters and I say to her, I said, oh, I'm going to get new documents, you know, uh, you know, new copies of my, you know, documents from Library of Congress because I'm going to put them in the book. And she said, well, how long is that going to take? And I said, well, the lady said it's going to take like eight to, you know, 12 weeks. She said, it ain't going to take you no eight to 12 weeks. I go, what are you talking about? She said, I keep telling you, you have some kind of like clearance that you know nothing about. Okay. It is not going to take you that long. I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I just finished talking to the lady, man. And she said eight to 12 weeks. And she says, well, whatever. I said, yeah, okay, fine. I got to go. Right. 36 hours later, that stuff is in my inbox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 36 hours later. But here's what it says. It says, hey, Mr. Stevens, the first one that you're, I was looking for seven of them, right? She said, the first one that you're looking for, here it is. Why, we have the second one right there. And here's the third. Heck, the fourth one, if you want to see it in the viewing booth. No problem. We have the fifth one here. Here's the sixth one. But the seventh one, Mr. Stevens, duh. We've either misplaced it or we've lost it. Sorry. And I'm thinking Library of Congress, United States, supposed to be the number one place on the earth for all of these documents, and you lose something? Now, out of all seven of those, 
which copyright binder made out of leather, okay, and that went to Jay but, Rockefeller, and not do only you that, think but, is missing? And not only that, but if I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken, everything that goes through Library of Congress is automatically duplicated. Every one of them. Right. Everything. Right. I don't care if you sent a, a letter. Okay. It, it duplicated. Right. right. So they just all of a sudden mysteriously just lost. Well, here's where's the, the binder? Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Okay. That and and the they act. Hey, hey, Jesse, they acted like, man, hey. Sorry, nothing we can do about it. It's lost. Like it was nothing. Right? So all of a sudden, the crown jewel of all my work, the GPS, is now turned into vapor. Poof. Okay? So then, this is really interesting. I get a phone call. Okay. Uh, No, I get an email from the Library of Congress. I'm now trying, I'm now uh, applying to copyright the book. So this is like in September. Mm -hmm. I finished it in August, so I'm going online to register the book for copyright. Okay, Library of Congress, right? So all of a sudden, that's supposed to take one year. And all the directions and everything tell you for a book, it's one year. Mm -hmm. Okay, in September, around the 1st of September, okay, I get an email and they literally say, hey, uh, you know, we're going to give you a partial copyright because, uh, you know, some of this information's already been published, you know, and, and we can't verify that, you know, you're, you're claiming, you know, uh, that, you know, you created everything that's in this book. How, how do you get a partial copyright? Ah, uh, uh, the plot thickens. Check this out. This is how you know the power of Silicon Valley. This tells you how Bill Gates has reached into the freaking Library of Congress. Here's what they say. So, you know me, I get on the phone and I call them up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I go, OK, so, um, you know, why is this happening? And the guy says, well, first of all, you're claiming uh, that, uh, you know, that you wrote uh, uh, co- you wrote code for this book. OK. And I don't see any computer code, sir. So where's the code? If you wrote code, there should be code. Show me where you wrote code. And I said, well, excuse me. He says, well, I don't see any code. Either you did or you didn't. It's a yes or no question. Did you write code or did you not write code? And I said, well, sir, I said, if you'll quit yelling at me, okay, if you'll take it easy here for a moment, all right, I'll tell you what's going on. I said, because you see, in 1989, the only people who generally wrote code worked for the government. If you were an individual, you were you were allowed to write code in prose. And, sir, I write in prose, okay? Dead silence on the phone. So I said to him, I said, well, you know, I'm, I, you know I, maybe you're having a bad day or whatever. I don't mean to upset you, you know, but he said, no, 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 okay, you know, you're all right, you're fine. So what you have to understand is it's a 400-page book, 400-page book, right? Mm-hmm. So out of everything that's in this book, the one thing that they seize upon is code. You said you wrote code. Where is the code? Now, what the heck is the freaking Library of Congress hammering me over computer code for? They would have never thought of that. That came from Bill Gates. Didn't come from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So then I get an email from Bill Gates, and literally, and this email comes through LinkedIn. And there's an oval, Bill Gates, he's sitting at a desk, okay, and he's got these book. he's got a bookshelf behind him, and I'm going to show that to you guys, because I actually have it in his phone, right? So, he is lit. Matter of fact, I think it'll be better while I'm talking to let you see it, and then I'll let you read it. Okay. I'll okay. Let you, I'll let you read it on air. Yeah. Right? Okay. So anyway, he's sitting there, and you know, he's talking about, you know, he loves books, and you know, this and that, and blah blah blah. And basically, it's a bribe, and it's a bribe to get me to admit that, yeah, I agree with you. And the only way I could agree with what this guy is saying here would be that I must have had to work for him or there'd be no way that I would be able to agree with this statement, okay? Yeah. So then if I do that, then people are going to be saying, oh, oh, you know, what are you trying to blackmail him? You must have used to work for him. How else would you know the answer to that question? Or how else could you agree with it unless you used to work for him? So I totally ignored the email, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then all of a sudden I'm in my living room and I'm typing at my computer, my desktop. I walk across the room, and I turn around, and I'm coming back to my computer, and all of a sudden, I see me walking back towards my computer. And there's a sign that pops up, and it says, hey, Eric Stevens, you don't mind us filming you, do you? 
I go, yeah, you guys are real funny. So I take a Band-Aid and I put it over the camera and I sit back down and I go right back to, uh, you know, the typing that I was doing. All of a sudden, this icon, this hand comes right in the middle of my screen, goes over to the left and it goes up to the toolbar and it clicks and all my files start coming out and literally just opening up and you can literally see the papers flying out of it. Now they're trying to grab the book, okay? So they're literally hacking my computer while I'm sitting at my desktop. I had the presence of mind to pull out my cell phone and start taking pictures, and I caught the freaking hack. I was hacked by LinkedIn, I was hacked by Google, and I was hacked by Microsoft from Bill Gates' desktop himself. I got the dates, the IP addresses, and literally... Uh, they then embedded – this is really important. They then embedded a bunch of files into my computer, okay? Now, everything's gone. I mean, I have pictures to ship, man. It's like there's nothing left in my computer. I mean, they took everything, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to grab the book. But the smart thing I did, and if any of you all out there are book writers, okay, after you work on your book every night, put it in a flash drive. Take the flash drive out of the computer and put it in your friggin' pocket, okay? Because the only way I had kept the book was I had it in a flash drive, okay? And then they can also corrupt. Cor remember when the book was finished, I was trying to upload it, and I was telling you last week how they were corrupting it? Yeah. I literally had the book in, I had it in like several flash drives, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I'm taking the flash drive, and I'm trying to like see if I can, you know, do something with it or, you know, to work on it. So I go to the library, public library. I drive 50 miles, right? I stick the flash drive in the machine and a sign pops up and it says, hey, Eric Stevens, you're not authorized to use this computer, Microsoft. And that was the day that I found out that Bill Gates and Microsoft, when they set up the libraries, okay, they got an exclusive and they put a back door in every freaking computer that's in every library in the United States. So when you think you're in the library and you're typing into a computer and it's private, guess what? So when I called up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So all you teens out there looking up some not nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So when I then, um, yeah, here's here's some pictures right here of uh, them literally hacking my computer. How much stuff do you see in there? And just slide back to left to right. Just slide. All right. Now, real quickly, we only got like literally like three minutes. Okay. I want to stop where we're at now with this interview. Sure. I do want to drop back to what we witnessed with online about LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody had asked me, they said, hey, man, is your book selling on eBay? And I said, yeah, every once in a while it's selling on eBay. I said, last time I looked at it, I don't know, somebody was selling a, a copy of my book. But what's interesting is, so uh, from my desktop at, at, at uh, you know, at an office, you know, I decided, I said, well, let me go to eBay. So I go to eBay, and they make you set up an account and stuff like that. And, you know, they said, hey, welcome to eBay. You've got a wonderful account here. I go, oh, okay, great. So I then click up the eBay page, and all of you out there who are listening to this right now. Can do this. You can do this, uh, unless eBay hears it and takes it down. But anyway, while this is fresh, you can do this. So I go to eBay, and what I do is, is I put in there, uh, you know, uh, the title of the search box stuck on the outside. My book pops up on eBay and it's being sold for $142.75. And then you got another one that they're selling for like $112 and some cents, right? So I go to eBay and I go to the help desk and I say, Hey, my name is Herbert Eric Stevens. I'm the author and I do give them the title of the book. I said, my book is for sale on Barnes and Noble for 88.54. Why are you allowing someone to sell two brand new copies of my book on eBay for $142 and for $112, right? I get, an e I get an email back from eBay, and they said, your account is canceled, okay? They didn't cancel the guys who are illegally selling my book, okay? Yeah. But that fast, they can they canceled it. Uh, not necessarily canceled, suspended permanently. Oh, yeah, suspended permanently. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. for life. Yeah. For life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're banned on there. You're banned on Twitter. You're banned on everything. Oh, everywhere. Oh, everywhere. <laughs> Listen, you you got to understand. This was like just two days ago. I'm telling you, I've been. In, I have literally been at war with every facet of Silicon Valley because they're all linked together. Yeah. And anything to do with Herbert Eric Stevens, I am shut down at every single term. Okay, turn. Pardon me. And that's because these guys have been ripping me off 
literally for 46 months straight because, first of all, it's 32 years because you got your GPS and everything on one side. They're trying to hide that. Then I write a book about it, and then they steal all the money from that, too. Yep. Last thing, I was trying to figure out how um, I was trying to figure out how um, uh, Bezos over at Amazon was stealing the money, okay? And they were stealing it in the barcode because if you paid 88.54 for the book, their barcode has five digits. If it's a nine in the beginning, it's U.S. If it's a five, it's Canadian. So it should read on the back of that barcode, it should read 98854, $88.54. When that book showed up in my mailbox, you know what it said? It said nine zero zero zero. Zero. So what Bezos is doing, he's robbing everybody who's out there writing books. The man's a thief. Here's what he's here's what I hope he tries to sue me. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So he literally has everybody out there believing you can trust Amazon, right? They're ripping everybody off blind, okay? Because here's the thing, if it says zero 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 zero, he's then saying how much did he say they were paying how much did how much did Lori Williams say? Three cents a copy? Yep. All right, we, uh, All right, we, we gotta, gotta cut go. it here. Yep. There might be uh, a part three. Take it easy, folks.